Welcome back to another episode of the Sounder at Heart podcast. I am Jeremiah O'Shan. I'm Mark Kastner. This is the Sounder at Heart podcast. Joined by my co-hosts, Mickey Turner, Susie Rantz, Tim Foss, Beth Mantle, and Dave Clark. This has been an extremely weird podcast. How are they going to be able to handle that? Just the bottom line is they don't have an answer to that. There was never really a time when I was super concerned. Seattle did fine. There's a reason they got signed to first team contract. Very special guest, Brian Spencer, head coach of the Seattle Sounder. You know who he is. Brian how are you doing? I'd start off, Jeremiah, by saying one thing, and this isn't my quote. I have to attribute this to Tom Dutra. He always says, tough times don't last, tough people do. Welcome back to another episode of the Sounder at Heart podcast. I am Jeremiah O'Shan, joined today by... Beth Mantle. Hey, y'all. Yeah, we're going to I, I we're gonna have to start... Now, new year, we might have to start coming up with a new routine for doing introductions. Well, but I feel like I just got good at that routine. I know. And that's why we have to up the ante of, um, like, maybe I'll give everyone an intro or something. Come up with a clever little catchphrase for everybody on each episode. That's so uh, stressful. Yeah, I don't know if we'll do that. But, hey, uh, in a month or a year, we'll still be talking about it. And maybe we'll keep doing this. But High stakes podcasting. Yeah, uh, it's just me and Beth today. Uh, we are uh, doing a, a you know Friday special. Uh, lots of stuff been going on in the Sounders roster move territory, and figured like now is a good time to to get on the pod and talk. Uh, let's start with the the most recent and biggest news was, and I think we'll we'll group it together as one big move. The Sounders traded Brad Smith to DC United. For $750,000 of general allocation money, uh, that also cleared his roughly $600,000 salary off their salary cap. And it freed up a international roster spot, which they then turned around the next day and sent to FC Dallas for $250,000. And I'll save everyone out there the math. Uh, that is roughly one, well, it's exactly a million dollars in general allocation money that they didn't have before. And then if you add in the salary that they moved off their cap, that's $1.6 million in new spending capacity that they lacked going into this. And based on all my research, the people I've talked to, the Sounders were absolutely maxed out on the salary cap. They had effectively maxed out all they could spend on, all they could afford to spend on general allocation money. And they were looking pretty short on general allocation money for next year. So this is a pretty big boost. Yeah, I, I'm still racking my brain to figure out how Garth Lauderway did this. He turned a third string left back yeah. into $1.6 million in cap space. Yeah, I don't, I don't think there's anyone else in the league that could figure out how to do that. I, I mean, I think there was definitely some good fortune involved in this uh, as it just so happened. First of all, it's, it's important to note the amount of general allocation money that is circulating throughout the MLS system is very high right now. There are a few teams that are flush with cash. Uh, DC United just became flush. They traded two million. They traded Paul Ariola to FC Dallas for two million in allocation, and then they transferred Kevin Paredes to Wolfsburg in Germany, which netted them another million dollars in allocation. So they had a lot of allocation money sitting around. And then FC Dallas has been s- selling players left and right, uh, even after buying Ariola for two million dollars. They seem to still have a bunch of money. 
laying around because they are splashing it. And so the Sounders got involved with that. But yeah, uh, this was a player who at the end of last year, a lot of us speculated might have his contract option declined. I don't think he actually had a contract option. He was probably guaranteed for this year. Uh, So the Sounders were bringing him back. And no offense to Brad Smith, who I think is a good player, who has some upside, who I don't think DC United is crazy for wanting to bring him in or anything. I don't think this is like that kind of situation. But a lot of us thought there was a realistic possibility that he might have his contract bought out because, like you noticed, noted, he's uh, likely a third string player and he was on $600,000 or something like that. Yeah. I just, we've seen the Sounders can do a lot with $600,000, um, a lot more than we were probably going to get from Brad Smith. Right. So I was actually watching the compilation video of all of the goals the team scored last season. Yeah. And at the beginning, all of them were Brad Smith. It was yes, he was involved he in was a lot of goals. Or yeah. he was assisting. And yeah. I was like, I do not remember that at all. Yeah, he had like, three goals in his first four games, I want to say, something along those lines. And they were all like, like kind of like in the box finishes. One of two of them were headers. One of them was like a, a rebound. And this is a player who I think had only taken maybe a dozen shots, if that, in his Sounders career prior to last year. And all of a sudden he had three goals. It was, it didn't feel sustainable at the time. It proved not to be remotely sustainable at all. Uh, he did not. I don't think I don't remember him coming close to scoring another goal after all those, but he, he did have a couple nice assists. He, he, had, he had finished the season with three goals and four assists. And, you know, some of his assists are, are really nice. He like, that's not a surprise. I think anyone that's watched Brad Smith is aware that he's capable of sending in a really good cross, but he's, you know, like you look at the numbers and Jimmy Madranda scored at roughly the same rate as he did, except for Jimmy Madrana's goals all felt like the goal scorer's goal. Uh, Jimmy Madrana's goals were highlight reel goals and Brad yes. Smith's goals were goals that I forgot about until I watched a compilation video that was like 30 minutes long. Right, yes. I would say that's a fair way of putting it. They assisted about at this at a, roughly the same rate. Uh, but the big difference between Jimmy Madranda and Brad Smith is that Jimmy Madranda was like three times more active defensively. That's like in terms of like tackles, pressures, you go down the, the list. He's just a much more active defensive player than Brad Smith. And, you know, that's not even talking about Nuhu, who clearly is a different skill set. But, you know, he's starting the starting left back for Cameroon, who looks like they are probably the favorites to win AFCON right now. It's hard to imagine Nuhu not being the starter. Do you have any concern that we could find ourselves later in the season with knew who moving to another team outside of MLS and Jimmy Madranda picking up an injury that lingers a bit and having no left backs. Sure. And I think that's definitely a risk. And I think that that's probably why the Sounders weren't inclined to actually buy out Brad Smith's contract because they probably weren't. They, I think those are both very plausible scenarios and it's even plausible that those two things will happen at the same time. Uh, of course, Brad Smith has not been the healthiest player either. So I don't know that there was really any other any guarantee that Brad Smith was going to be healthy all that time. So that's that's probably worth noting. But yeah, the it, the move is not without risk. That's the position I think that as settled as it feels on paper, you're right. I think it's maybe not as deep as it looks because you've got Nuhu who if he continues to play the way that he's playing at Afcon, 
you have to imagine that there will be some suitors in Europe. And if the Sounders get a... Are going to get more GAM? Yeah, right, exactly. Uh, I mean, if he, if, if the Sounders, if someone Actually, comes... Actually, wait, wait, I need to, re- I need to retract my statement. I think I like to pronounce it as jam. I think jam's more fun. Ooh. I said gam and it didn't feel right. No, I like jam. So I think we're going with jam. Okay, Let's do strike, that. strike my gam comment from the record. It's jam now. Yes, I like that. I think we're going to have to make that work one way or another. That's the, the GIF, GIF debate, but going in a much more fun direction. It's also the opposite. It's GIF, but it's also jam. Right. Right. Good point. That's a great point. Wow. We really stumbled upon something. Yeah, we have. How has this never been a thing? If it's general allocation money, it should be jam. It really should. Oh, I think we got the hook for the episode today. This is the teaser. Uh, It's it's a jam. But so, yeah, there's a lot more jam coming. I think if if the Sounders get a, a seven figure offer for new who and i don't know even if it starts with a one i think that's they're inclined to take that because that's a that's a fair amount of money they don't really need to recoup very much in order to get jam out of a deal for new who uh so yeah i mean i i I don't suspect i would imagine his market value is probably something like three to five million dollars and if they can get that they'd be crazy to turn it down uh and and i would imagine that that Something like that could happen in the summer. I don't think they want to be in a situation where Jimmy Madranda is their like plan one A through C. Like they, they need to have some backup plans. I think Kellen Rowe is maybe the emergency left back right now. Oh, I'm sure everyone's gonna love that. Right. Everyone will love that. Uh if you've been following along, you may also be I'm sure some people out there are wondering, well, what about Alex Villanueva? Isn't he the the hot next thing coming out of the defiance? Is and anyone thinking that? I don't know if anyone's actually thinking that. People are like, who are you talking about? But uh, Alex Villanueva had a had a nice little season at Defiance last year. Uh, he's a left back. He is a homegrown player. He's 19 years old. He's got some sauce to take some uh, language from Tim. Uh, he's, a, he's a fun player. Uh, he was on trial with the crew. My understanding is that boo, he's now... Boo, Columbus. Uh, and then I guess Columbus brought in like four other left back trialists. And See, uh, I have reason to boo. That's that's a mean move. That is a mean move. And no sauce there. No sauce. And he is now on trial with LAFC. Boo. Also, boo. Yeah. Get so this kid back here. He might. He could end up back here, and I wouldn't be the. Uh, that wouldn't be the biggest surprise if the Sounders were to to bring Alex Villanueva back. But I think they're going to let him sort of explore his options and. And if he ends up back here, good for him. Everyone comes back to Seattle eventually. They do. What are you uh, going to do? Go to LAFC and be like, this is better. They win less and they're just generally worse. And I like it here. Be- right, exactly. Uh, maybe he's really fond of the beach. I think he is. He has. A, I think he's from Lancaster, uh, which is in Southern California. So maybe he's, maybe that's a good fit. I don't Thank know. Thank you for those context clues. No idea yeah. where Lancaster is. <laughs> It's out in the high desert. The only reason I know that is because I used to work out there. Mm. But uh, they do have centers. Do have two other guys in in camp right now who are potential. You know, I would not say high level uh, replacements for for Brad Smith, but Randy Mendoza played left back a fair amount for. He's kind of a defense first left back that uh, at one point was in the Orlando City program. He's he's like twenty six. He's not really a young prospect anymore, but he's someone that if in an emergency, the Sounders could bring him in. Joe Hafferty is a former, uh, def- uh, he played for the Defiance last year. He came out of the academy. He went to Oregon State. Uh, 
and he had he was kind of the star of the scrimmage, uh, which was the last game that the Sounders, the last action the Sounders had before they left for Tucson. And he looked really good uh, in that game. He had an assist and a goal. And uh, so who knows? I, I suppose there's an opening for one of them. But those that's kind of the, the left back situation. You put it all together, though. Hard to second guess this one. Hard to second yeah. guess. Him. Because on one hand, actually, hold on. No, they have a lot more similarities now that I think about it. Brad Smith and Jimmy Madranda. They both are obsessive name searchers on Twitter. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I would like to bring that into the record. And I don't know how Brad Smith does it. Because he's got a pretty generic name. Brad Smith is like one million people. Right. But somehow, if you look at his Twitter likes, he likes so many mean tweets about himself. I don't know how he's finding these. It's kind oh. of impressive. Wow. And Jimmy Madranda that... does the same thing. If you tweet about Jimmy Madranda, he will find it and he will like it. Well, that, although Jimmy Madranda a little easier, I think, yeah. to name search. I think there's probably less Jimmy Madrandas than there are Brad Smiths. Whereas Brad Smith has got to scroll through the search column. Does he for... have like some kind of Sounders filter? Like, I don't know. Did he do, was he doing this recently after he got traded? Do you know? I don't think so. Cause I looked. Okay. okay. Well, uh, I mean, I think Brad Smith might be a decent, I, I actually think he, he could have a, uh, he could work out well for DC United. I don't like, I don't want to denigrate the guy too much. His, he is a, as far as left backs go, he's a very effective attacking option. I don't think he's particularly good defensively. I, I don't think I'm going out on a limb to say that either. Uh, so yeah, even though even though Brad had some uh, some of his own deficiencies on the pitch, I think we can see in all of the goodbye posts that he got tagged in on Instagram from his teammates and um, team staff that he was a very beloved teammate. So I am yeah. pretty sad to see him go, but I do hope he finds success in DC. Yeah, and I, I think that almost goes without saying. He was very popular on the team. You know, Kellen Rowe made a post, a very poignant post, which. I, I'm very curious what the the circumstances behind the photo were because he took a picture of him like I think Brad with, was gone on international duty. Oh and they usually carpool. And so okay, well that made yeah. sense. It was a very a very effective post, I thought. He uh, really but, he really saw those rumors and he went for it. He didn't even wait for it to be official. No, no he didn't. Uh but I guess they probably knew at that point that w- what was going down. Uh yeah, so it's you know I don't want to make it like I don't want to kick the guy out of the out of the door or anything, but I think from a purely Sounders perspective, this was a very good deal. We have and so much money now. They yeah they went from having no money to having like a fair amount of money. And hey this Jeremiah, is, what do you think we're gonna do with all that money? Well, that's a good question. Uh, my suspicion is that they're probably going to not do much in the short term. I know I love that. that save it yeah, right exactly and so i because i think this is especially when you have a roster that looks the way that it does which looks very good you could like the 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 ideal 11 is unaffected by brad smith you can make you even argue that their top 18 is a, not super affected uh by i his- will i will put it out there that i am a bit scared by the amount of tweets that i've been seeing that are like the sounders are clearly the best team and i'm and they're going to win it's, everything yes. no one has played a single minute together right. joao paulo is still in brazil we don't know if nico has a has two legs right he no might there's have a, one leg at this point yeah you're that's a very good point there it's very fun and i've i've engaged in this sounder at heart has fed this it's very fun to look at an ideal 11 
and say like, look how good, this is a, a an ideal 11 that is made up of either players who have been in the best 11 within the last two years, MLS All-Stars last year, or they are regulars for their national team, with the one exception being Stefan Fry, who was a goalkeeper of the year finalist twice in the last four years. And you, you say it like that, and it's like, this is an all-star team. Like, the Sounders, on paper, look like they have an all-star team. But that team has not played even close. Like, I don't even think half those guys have been on the field together uh, this offseason. Uh, they're missing Nuhu. They're missing Ariaga. They're missing Morris. They're missing Roldan. They're missing Joe Paolo. Nico hasn't been able to train in full, uh, that we can tell yet. Uh, so, Raul Rui Diaz just barely, you know, started training in full. Uh, Jamar only recently joined the team. So like, there's a lot of missing pieces. Like there's a lot of unknowns here and, and who knows, we still have no idea whether Nico Ladero is going to be how healthy he's going to be. There's a lot of questions around that, this ideal 11. So I don't want to get over our skis too much because they still got to play games. I will also say that I have convinced myself that we're going to win the quadruple. Sure. Those two things can exist in harmony. I think yeah. the team could be terrible, but I also know for sure that they're going to win the quadruple. So also the quadruple needs a better name. It doesn't, it doesn't work for me. The quad? Mm, that's a bit, a bit better. Muscly? Too muscly. Yeah. Qu- yeah. Uh, yeah. Treble plus one. See, now that has more of a ring to it. Yeah. I think that works better. Yeah, yeah. I think we can win the treble plus one. And so for the, for those of you out there that are like, what the heck are they talking about? Uh, Supporter Shield, MLS Cup, U.S. Open Cup, CONCACAF Champions League would be the four trophies that they are uh, competing for. There is no League's Cup for the Sounders this year. They uh, do not, they, that is got a separate qualification for which the Sounders were too good, essentially. And, uh, and it will be, won't be until 2023 that there's this summer long tournament or not summer long, a month long tournament. I had forgotten about that. Yeah. Where everyone plays. Uh, So that's not on the, so someday they'll be able to go for the quintuple. That's too many. I think (laughs) maybe, but let's, let's, let's aim low and go for the quad right now. Yeah. Actually Uh, the treble plus one. Treble plus one. Sorry. Uh, But yeah, they, I think the floor on this team is pretty high still. Like even if, like this is a team that if we, is adding Jordan Morris to what they had last year is adding potentially Nico Ladero and is adding Albert Rusnak, Rusnak, Rusnak. Thank you. Uh, so if you take those pieces away, this is still a team that had 60 points last year. They're only the only player, the only real meaningful player they lost from the roster was Shane O'Neill. We've gone over all these things, but it's worth remembering that, you know, I, I suppose we also haven't talked about all the signings that the Sounders just announced. We had been expecting a lot of these, but Will Bruin, Freddie Montero, Kellen Rowe, Alex Roldan, and Stephen Cleveland. Stephen Cleveland all were announced in the like a week ago. Andy Rose was announced as an assistant coach. That was a little bit more of a surprise. Uh, he, he, I don't think any of us expected it. We went out to training on the first day and look at that's Andy Rose wearing coach's outfit. Isn't this a fun surprise? Uh, and I, we may as well get this out of the way first. Andy Rose is a former Sounders player. You probably know that he left here in 2015. He went to the UK played 
for Coventry City in League One, and then he went to, I think, Motherwell in the Scottish Premier League. He came back to MLS, played three seasons, I think, at the Whitecaps. In the meantime, he got his coaching license in his UEFA uh, A Elite, which means that he can coach any uh, youth team or youth elite, A Youth Elite, I believe is the name of the, that coaching license. And then he got his UEFA A license, which actually technically makes him qualified to coach at any level in Europe on a temporary basis and anything below the top flight on a permanent basis. So that's like, there's a, a legit coaching license. Uh, you, I don't think in the United States we're, they're required to have the same sort of credentials, but it, it suggests he's got, that he, he's got them and he's done his work and he coached the uh, U-17s for the Whitecaps last year. He's obviously just going to be a coach for the Sounders this year. I know there was some people that, hey, maybe he could moonlight as, a, as an emergency center back. I don't think that's at all in the cards. Uh, but that's kind of a fun move. It's nice to see him in back in the fold. It, it, I always enjoy former Sounders coming back, and I really liked Andy Rose, so I was really happy to see him come back. Yeah, I agree with all those points. Yeah, there's not not a um, lot to add there, but yeah, we. I think like the only thing we might have missed out of Andy Rose's story is while he was abroad, he was diagnosed with type one diabetes, which means we have two people with type 1 diabetes on the team which i feel like has to be a record i don't know if yeah, it's I was a record wondering about, that anyone saw, wanted but we have I, it. I had seen that stuff about his type 1 diabetes and i didn't realize that it diagnosis came while he was in europe and that would explain why i didn't ever know about it do you not pay attention to news from europe not as much not as much he also had like a really horrible injury that cost him a bunch of time uh like he had a bat he like fell on his head essentially and like did a had a spinal injury that's terrible yeah it was like kind of a really scary thing for for a bit there but he seems to have totally recovered from that good luckily uh but yeah it's been it's been an active beginning to preseason for the sounders uh i don't know any of those i guess the of all those players coming back the most notable probably alex Roldan, who was out of, who was actually out of contract or all of them were out of contract but uh, Alex Roldan was the was the one who had seemingly the most options out there. Uh, we didn't really expect Stefan Kleeman to come back, but he's not going to be the starter, most likely. Uh, Alex Roldan, on the other hand... I mean, if we're going for the treble plus one, we're probably, probably going to need some... to rotate out our goalkeepers. Yes. Good. That's a very good point. Uh, but Alex Roldan is a borderline best 11 candidate at right back. He captains El Salvador... And he almost he had, scored a goal. He almost scored World a banger last yeah. night against the United States. Oh, I would have been so happy to see that. I I had very mixed emotions about it. I was happy for him. I was a little worried about the United States if he had scored that one. But I mean, if you don't play your rolled on and another rolled on scores against you, I feel like that's your own fault at that point. A fair point. Jordan Morris almost had an assist. He had a very nice uh, love that for him. Yeah, he he came. He had a, a nice passer. Didn't get a ton of playing time, but he, you know, he got on the field at least. That was good. Good for uh, us too. Christian did not get on the field, but you know, it's it's an interesting conundrum that the Sounders are facing right now. They like we've said, they're missing all these guys, but they have new who's been playing at Afcon. Christian Roldan has been training extensively with the u.s national team jordan morris extending training extensively with the national team ariaga we don't know that he's played but he's he's training with the national team i feel like once they get this group together 
they should be ahead of the curve fitness wise. Yeah. I mean, at that point, it'll just be getting everyone to remember each other doing some icebreakers. And I think, and I, I do think that it helps that so many of these players should be familiar. Like they're really the only new player is Albert Rusnak. And I guess you could argue Dylan Tevez to some degree. I mean, Nico's been gone for a while. They may That's need a good to point. reintroduce him. Make yes. him stand in the middle of the little circle and introduce himself. Yeah. You'd like to think that most of the players understand Nico's tendencies, but you know, getting Nico and Rusnak on the field together, just even the two of them would probably be good, right? Yeah. I think they should do that thing where they like strap them together and then make them do all of their activities together one day. Yeah, like Nico a potato sack Albert. race. Yeah. I feel like that would really help. Yeah, I'm maybe like similar heights. I think it would work. Yeah, you, you like tape their arms together, their yeah. left arm, the left and right arm together, and they could kind of have to feed each other and do all that kind of stuff. Yeah, they should definitely try that. I think it'll work. Yeah, I think at the very least, Sounders Social should pick that up and maybe free content ideas, guys. Yeah, team building exercises, all that. Uh, but this is a team that looks pretty settled right now, and it's hard not to get excited i i think it's like this is a really really there's you know you look down the road at the timbers and and you don't know what they have and you look at the sounders and it's like wow their roster is basically set and there's nerves that are attached to that i suppose but i like what i see i really do i'm excited to actually watch them play a game together I think that might be interesting. That would be nice. Yeah. I can only imagine what happened in the game against the preseason match against Portland. Um, I imagine that it was pretty cool. They were pretty good at soccer, but I don't really know for sure. They did put out some highlights. And to the degree that you can gather anything from highlights, Sam and Denneran did look like a handful. I think that would be really nice to have. It would. With Raul and having a nice little backup. Yeah. I mean... Sam trouble plus one. If we're trouble plus one campaigning, we need Sam. Leo Chu had some fun moments in there. Bestie. There's, I mean, that's the thing is like, you can, as like everything that you liked about last season, plus Russ Knack, plus Jordan Morris, plus Nico Ladero, maybe plus Sam Adenarin, maybe plus a bigger role for Leo Chu, maybe a little Dylan Tevez. There is, Obed Vargas, I don't know. I wouldn't set the expectation too high for Obed. He's 16 years old and he's a good story though. And, and, you know, he's, I think he, if he gets on the field, I think people will be pleasantly surprised with how, uh, how strong he looks. We haven't seen Josh Atencio and Danny Leva yet in preseason. I guess they were both carrying some injuries, but it's come back to this. It's a, it's a, it's a roster that has, a nice mix of like established talent who you think, you know, what you're going to get and, and young players with upside who, you know, maybe, maybe they don't have great years, but like, I mean, it's all they gravy. Did, they did get considerable minutes last season. I think we've talked about it extensively. Like, yeah, even if you're not getting results, having to play the kids because you've no other healthy players, you're getting them match time. Like, yeah. Like AB Sissoko is good probably, experience. A.B. Sissoko, probably the best example of that, is a player who the Sounders signed from the Defiance last year. He got almost 1,000 minutes with the Sounders. I wouldn't a say thousand? that he was close to that. That's wasn't it? so many. 
Yeah, it was know. a lot. It was like 900 I something. I wasn't counting. Right. <laughs> it just sounds like a high number. Yeah, it was kind of a high number. And, you know, you, he's, he's, you know, you, you bring him into this year and, and, and sure, like you can look at the, the center back depth chart and you go, it's a little, looks a little shallow. I don't know. Sissoko is a nice third option at, at center back. And uh, Jackson Reagan is another player who they could sign out of the defiance who I think probably helps shore up that, that center back group. Do you think it's confirmed that we're going back to four men in the back in our That's formation? A, that is a good question. Uh, it does look that way. They, they started the scrimmage in a four, two, three, one for the, like the ostensible first team started in a four, two, three, one. The other, they played against a four, four, two diamond on the other side. It looked like, uh, but in the scrimmage against the, or in the preseason game against the Timbers, they did start in a four, two, three, one. And, you know, all signs seem to point to that being the direction they're going. I'm excited. I, th- I think we'll still see some three, four, two, one, or, you know, uh, three, five, two. But I, my suspicion is that the way their personnel is best put together is probably enough in a four, two, three, one makes losing Shane O'Neill less frightening. It does. And it, and I think it highlights the, you know, it highlights their, the players that they have here, whether it's Leo Chu on the wing, whether it's Sam Adenarin, whether it's Jordan Morris, whether it's Albert Rusnak, you know, you, you can mix and match, I think in a four, two, three, one, a little easier, especially since it's not like they have the, like you said, they don't have the deepest center back group right now. And, and so taking one of those center backs off the field, not a bad idea. Yeah, sure helps. Definitely helps. But uh, yeah, so the next time the Sounders play is who? Do we know who they play next? It is Colorado on the first. Okay. I don't think and, we have a time for it. Well, and it's not going to be streamed either. I guess I, I asked the Sounders about that and, and they said that they just weren't able to set up a vendor that they liked in, in Tucson. They don't I think, know. I think they're trying to keep a secret. I don't Maybe. know what it is yet, but I think they're trying to keep it. Maybe. Uh, and then they're going to go to Coachella. And, oh God, yes. We're and, headlining Coachella. Yeah, we don't know what if there's going to be stream options for that, but the Galaxy, that's the Galaxy's tournament. So maybe the Galaxy will, will do something. I mean, but, there's going to be so many stars there. It's Coachella. You have to stream it. Right. They're uh, also not, it's not open to the public. So I would imagine. Oh, it's not. It, no, the whole tournament is closed to the public. I didn't know that. People were mad about that because going to Coachella for soccer seems super fun. It does. But you can't. So maybe that gives them more incentive to stream it. So it's so like people know that it actually happened. Or maybe less. I don't know. It's the galaxy. Can't count on them for anything. You cannot count on the galaxy for anything other than to ruin a good time. For sure. Well, that's probably a good place to end this episode. With some LA Galaxy slander. I love yeah. it. Classic LA Galaxy slander. I'm Jeremiah O'Shan signing off for Beth Mantle. This is the Sounder at Heart podcast, and we will catch you next time.